John, a five-and-a-half-point favorite in Saturday's Final Four matchup against Miami. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined as sportsman by Dom Amori of the Hartford Current. And, Dom, good to have you on the show once again. And it's uh, been a few years, I think, but uh, we got you back. Uh, the Huskies certainly been on a roll in this tournament, uh, certainly capped by their domination last weekend of Gonzaga. What's impressed you the most with their tournament, tournament performance and domination thus far? Well, I think the thing that's impressed me the most, uh, Bob, is just the the vibe that this, this group has had. You know, I think they were kind of known, and it was kind of a uh, concern that they might be uptight uh, and not really loose or confident going into the tournament. They'd lost in the first round of the last two years. But once they got those that first win under their belt, they played almost like as, as if they've had a tailwind uh, and each game, which is supposed to get tougher in March, has actually gotten gotten easier. They've made it look easier as the tournament's gone along. So they're incredibly confident and loose right now. Uh, and, you know, you don't know how that's going to play into a situation like this, but you got to feel it's an advantage. So you mentioned uh, you know, the first-round losses the last couple of years. So why what has changed the most since uh, the end of last year with this team? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Bob. I just lost you for a second. Can you repeat that? Yeah, you mentioned the the, the first round losses the last couple of years. So, what are you know why have things have changed? To, how have they changed the most yeah. in the last year or so? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was after last season. Uh, you know, Dan really felt that he didn't have a, a good enough supporting cast. He kind of stopped playing his bench and lost confidence in those in the guys coming off the bench. And he determined that he was going to build a a better supporting cast around his two stars, Tenogo, uh, Hawkins, and Jackson. And he went about doing that very methodically. He, 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 un- he knew the kind of players that he wanted in the transfer portal, and he brought in experienced players who could bring those skills. You know, Calcaterra, obviously, uh, is the three-point shooter, the sharpshooter. Uh, Tristan Newton is the point guard who can score and shoot. Uh, you know, and he brought in... Uh, you know, Naheem Aline, who gives them some offense off the bench and tournament experience, which he was looking for as well, uh, with Virginia Tech. So he brought in transfers who really fit the bill. You know, Hassan Diara, a backup point guard who would know his role and play good defense. So he, his well-chosen, well-selected transfers that really fit what he wanted to do around the stars has given him uh, a, a rotation of eight or nine players where foul trouble doesn't necessarily hurt them, Fatigue doesn't necessarily hurt them because he's willing to play nine players significant minutes. In addition to that part, how has Hurley evolved as a head coach in his time at UConn? You know, I feel like he's evolved a tremendous amount in this last month. I feel, or really in the last couple of months since they had that uh, bad stretch where they lost six out of eight. I think he's calmed down a little bit. He's been a little bit, you know, he stopped fighting with officials. We mentioned that yesterday. It was distracting his team, sending the wrong message to his team. The team was reflecting that. He's reflecting more calm, more maturity, uh, more, more. Um, you know, he, he, I mean, coaches never stop learning. He's now 50 years old, and he's really coaching like a veteran, experienced coach and not a guy who just started, which is, you know, the way his demeanor sometimes came off, even – you know, during the first few, uh, first couple of months of this season. But I feel like he's really almost grown up as a head coach before our eyes. He was a good head coach, a good program builder, program fixer, 
program manager. He was really good at all of those things. But I think as a game coach and as a guy who's developing a, a, a persona that his team reflects, I think he's matured a great deal as a coach these last couple of months. Okay, we've seen a Hurley here at Arizona State who has similar tendencies, and uh, you know he gets worked up once in a while. Uh, so, yeah, how hard was it for? Da- yeah, how how hard do you think it was for Danny to kind of change? Well, it was very hard, and I don't know that he's changed more as so much as uh, as he maybe understands when to when to turn that on and when to turn that off. You know how to you know how to act. You know how to tailor your demeanor. For the situations, as far other than you know maybe just being a little bit over intense and and the situation has to fit that. I think he's he's tailoring his demeanor. But but it is not, you know you got to be who you are. You can't try to be something you're not. Players will see right through that. You know everyone around you will see right through that. And, you know and he's not doing that. But I think I, I think he's been getting some very good advice from uh, Gino Oriema and Jim Calhoun and some of his other longtime friends and coaching have been doing this. And I think they've kind of convinced them to, um, you know, maybe not worry as much about the outside influences and the outside perceptions and keep, you know, kind of insulate himself and his clubhouse or his locker room, I mean, baseball mode a little bit, his locker room from, from, those, from those outside perceptions and influences. So I think he's, what he's done really in the last month is focused much more on what he needs to be focused on winning games and much less on what's being said and perceived outside. Okay, so the demeanor has changed a little bit here. You know, they obviously had a dip in, uh, you know, for a few games there in the, in the quote, middle of the season. Mm-hmm. So what, what else has changed on the court as far as just the playing, the actual performance goes? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of things have not changed. Uh, it, it, there's still a team that really depends heavily on three-point shooting. They've got to get that to win. They've got to get, uh, they've got to get what they get inside from – Sonogo and Donovan Klingon off the bench to kind of complement that and open the floor up. Yeah. You know, those things have not changed. But I think he's been a little bit freer and throughout just been needing to play a little freer, uh, not running as many set plays, but letting, letting things flow a little bit. And I think we saw against Arkansas and Gonzaga how they really, and St. Mary's also in the second round, how uh, they really played with a great flow and didn't allow themselves to be slowed down by teams that wanted to slow it down or sped up beyond what they want to do by a team like Arkansas that wanted to play faster. So I, I just think he's, he's probably uh, maybe backed off a little bit on the sets and, and, and letting the game flow a little bit more. Talking Huskies, well, UConn, obviously, with Dom Amore of the Hartford Current. All right, so Honest Nogo, you mentioned him briefly. How would you describe his improvement since he's been there, and how has his improvement this season helped those around him? Yeah, you know, even when he first got here, uh, you know, he had great footwork and great craftiness around the basket. Things that you usually have to teach a big man, uh, you didn't have to teach him. And he's defined those moves uh, consistently over 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 the three years. Uh, he's he's worked on three point shooting because he knows he's going to need that component to have a chance in the NBA. So he's doing uh, he he'll take a couple of threes a game when he's wide when they leave him wide open, force teams to to adjust to that. Uh, but the big thing that you've seen in this tournament is he's really he's got a good touch around the basket and he's really utilizing it in this tournament. He's he's finishing shots, he's making shots around the rim that he wasn't making consistently earlier in the year. A lot of times they get him the ball and he would do a 
about a half a dozen ball fakes or head fakes and maybe end up losing the ball or, or missing the shot. But now he's really he's really utilizing that great feel and touch that he has around the basket, and he's making those shots uh, consistently with a very high percentage. Hawkins and Jackson, uh, quite a pair there. What stands out to you from yeah. that duo, and uh, what what uh, you know, where are they most improved? Yeah, Hawkins is just a, a natural, smooth player. He just moves with such effortlessness, and he plays with such calm and, and poise. Uh, even when he's not doing well, he sticks with it, and, and we've seen him heat up in the second half after scoring his first half. So he's just he's almost like a, a great jazz musician performing. You know, he's just very very cool and, and calm and collected. Um, Jackson's almost the opposite, and I've never seen a player quite like him. He's a freakish athlete. He can have a tremendous uh, impact on a game without scoring or even getting off a shot uh, because he's just so active defensively. He's so active with and without the ball offensively. Uh, he's a great passer. Uh, you know, I, I've seen him uh, jump up and intercept a lob pass. Uh, he's that important. He does things that you don't see. So he's a very unique player and a guy that, um, you know, can impact the game in a, in a million different ways other than scoring. Uh, and when he scores just a little bit and gets you 10, 12 points, uh, that really puts you kind of over the top in a lot of games. You mentioned Newton. Uh, yeah, from afar, uh, it, it seems like uh, in, you know, some of the games that they played a little earlier in the season, they were closer and even here lately, he seems to just make plays every game that in important stages, at least from afar. From afar, am I assessing that accurately? Yeah, I, I think what what he does, he is make plays in, in big spots for sure. And I think that's really the difference maker uh, in in games if UConn does get involved in a close game. Is that if, if he if he makes they go as he goes in that sense. That if he makes those plays, they win. Uh, a lot of times in, in, in some of the games they were, when they were struggling, he wasn't making those plays, and they were losing. And that's one of the reasons why I think Dan took some of the wraps off him and let him play three or a few sets. You know, I think if there's an Achilles heel on the Shukan team, they don't really have a pure point guard. He's not a pure point guard. Um, uh, they have three guys so, with point guard skills, and he'd be one, Jackson would be one, and Hassan Vieira would be one. But none of them are actually fit the bill of a pure point guard. When he plays well and, play, and, and has some assists uh, and plays like more of a pure point guard, they're better. Uh, and, and I think when he's free-flowing, uh, he's able to do that. So, but, but, but in many ways, if the, the closer the game is, the more important he becomes. The freshmen, Caravan and Klingon, uh, what's impressed you the most about them? And you know, you know, out of lack of a dumb question, how important, is, uh, their, how, how important have their contributions been? Well, they've been, they've been huge, particularly for freshmen, which you don't see a lot in the game these days with so many fifth- and sixth-year players and transfers and grad students playing. Uh, but they've come in and had a huge impact. You know, Donovan Klingon, uh, for a, a freshman big man, seven-footer, has a terrific basketball IQ, terrific instinct. Uh, he's a really good passer. He could do a lot of things well. And he, and he doesn't necessarily get into foul trouble as often as a a young big man, you know, would. So he, he is a gem, and he's been uh, – I think he's had the advantage whether or not uh, he looks at it that way, but I think he's had such an advantage to be able to break in gradually with uh, a guy like Sonogo uh, playing ahead of him at, at the moment. But he, I think, is going to be a huge star, a huge big man in a game that they don't many. And, 
I think as Dan Hurley said about him, I think he's really hit the nail on the head. Um, a lot of seven-footers play the game because they think they're supposed to, or because they're told they're supposed to. Uh, but this guy really loves the game and, and plays it that way and plays it smart. You know, he's, he's a basketball player, not just a big man. Uh, Caravan also a very smart player, a guy that uh, usually makes the right decisions at the right time. Uh, you know, plays faster, quicker, more athletic than he is. Uh, and he, he seems to have a knack for hitting those daggers, hitting those big shots, particularly if UConn, if, if UConn has lost the momentum. He's very good at hitting those big three-pointers that, that get the momentum back. So he's the type of guy that might hit three or four shots in the game, but they're all momentum changers. So he, he's been a huge impact as well. And he does a lot of, a lot of other things well. He's the type of guy when, when they were recruiting him, you know, a, 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 an assistant coach watching him once or twice might not be that impressed. But if you watch him a half a dozen times, seven, eight times, he really grows on, on an evaluator. And that's how he kind of got to UConn, that he, that he kind of grew on their, on their coaches as they watched him five, six, seven times in prep school. Okay, Dom, on to Saturday we go against Miami. What are the Keens, What about the Keens should uh, UConn be most concerned about? Well, obviously the guard play, uh, Wong in particular, guys that, uh, you know, UConn, uh, when they play well, they play elite defense, and their guards and particularly Jackson will shut down top scorers, top backcourt court players on other teams. Uh, this is going to be a big challenge for them, and uh, that's that, I think I would be very concerned about how UConn plays defense against Miami's guards. Uh, but, you know, the thing that you have to, to recognize in this tournament, in this Final Four, is that you know, UConn's the highest seed remaining. They're now the it team. Everyone's kind of talking about them as the favorite. But the three other teams that are here, they knocked off all the teams that were supposed to be there. You know, I mean, Miami knocked off uh, Indiana and Texas, and, you know, uh, San Diego State knocked off Alabama, and, you know, FAU knocked off Tennessee. So these teams are, are, are probably not going to be as afraid of UConn as maybe people might think they are. I mean, UConn's going to have to be – be ready for teams that are going to are gonna challenge them and, and not necessarily be intimidated by them because they've already beaten great teams to get here. Okay, bottom line time. UConn a five-and-a-half-point favorite pretty much all week long. So, uh, yeah, who wins on Saturday? And if it's the Huskies, do they cover the five-and-a-half? Uh, I would say they will. I mean, just with the ease with which they've won uh, all these games, I think they'll win. I think they'll win, if not by double digits, by close to it. I think they'll win comfortably. Uh, I mean, at this point, the way UConn's played, it would be a surprise uh, and a big disappointment in Connecticut if they don't win. Uh, you know, they, they can't afford to be happy just to be here. So I think UConn, but, but UConn has responded well to that pressure these last couple of weeks where they hadn't before. So I think UConn fulfills what everyone seems to think is its destiny and, and comes out of this thing with the trophy. Dom, I appreciate it. I knew you're in hot demand here, so thanks for making time for us. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, every 10 years I get uh, I'm in hot demand, like one of those, like one of those hibernating <laughs> bugs, I guess. <laughs> well, well, hopefully right. we'll talk to you before another 10 years. <laughs> you got it. All right. Thanks a lot now. Bye-bye. Thanks. Dom Amori of the Hartford Current.